It's time to jump into the Wayback Machine and go back to the 80s. I am your host, Golden Jay, and with me always, Frankie Vegas. Sup? And we are here to take you back, back to one of the greatest decades ever. So let's begin. Hey, what's up? No, man, what's up with you? Not a thing. Good week? Oh, same as always, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Same day, you know, same thing, different day. However you say that. Same shit, different day. Same shit, there you different go. day. I got gotcha, you, yeah. man. I got gotcha. well, you. Well, be careful what we say on there. We'll have to slap a parental advisory sticker yes. on this thing, bad boy. That's all right. Uh, we Never deterred it. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, anyway. Always made me want to listen to it even more. Oh, yeah. And we'll get back to that here in a minute. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Um, Working. Working, slaving every day. Every day. Every day. So let's see. Uh, by the time this falls out, you probably already went. But uh, looking forward to you got uh, some tickets to see Brett Michaels yes. coming up down yeah. in Noblesville, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Oh my God. Off. Oh. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I've seen Poison, Brett Michaels, a, a lot. So you know, it's not like it's the first time I've ever seen them. Right. But, right. You know. I still enjoy going. And now, did you see them back in the uh, the nineties when they were in Fort Wayne, a couple times? Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, you, you but that's the <laughs> that I'm thinking, the Native Tongue Tour uh, in the nineties. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that minus CC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't that guy like sleep with the drummer's wife or something? Richie Coates. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> when I went down there, they warrant I believe was opening up for him, and there was a. Big fight was Janie Lane and Brett Michaels over Bobby Brown, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. So <clears throat> it was. I missed all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I know I seen him on the I, I seen him on the uh, I I want to say open up and say ah, but uh, I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. I know I saw him on Flesh and Blood and Native yeah. Tongue, but man, I seen yeah. him. Yeah, I've seen him several times myself. Yeah. Um. I remember the first time. <laughs> I remember the first time I seen him. I was down on the floor at Fort Wayne Coliseum, and I had just come off of I don't know if I don't know how a, a month or so before uh, seeing ACDC, um, the Blow Up Your Video Tour, yeah. and uh, I remember standing there and CC Deville comes up and he's doing his guitar solo and he comes over and he sets down right in right in our area where I was standing at. And I looked at some dude next to me and I was like, Huh? He goes, What? I go, I never seen Angus Young set down once. And he goes, mm. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, listen. Uh so but yeah. they I remember them doing um uh I won't forget you. And that opening guitar let that dun, 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 and that hit. And I remember the feeling of the speakers hitting me oh. with that first bomb. And I was like, oh my God, this is what rock and roll is all about oh, right yeah. here. It's just that boom. And it just drives right through you. And it was just mm-hmm. freaking amazing. That's why I love concerts. Yeah. It, it, the problem is, and we've talked about this in the past, man, you know, 
eighteen dollars is what we used to pay for a concert ticket. Now you're spending hundreds of dollars, oh, yeah. you know. So it's like if you can come across a ticket for twenty five, thirty bucks, yeah. you know, that's Jump great. On it. Yeah. You might go and enjoy it because, you know, you're not gonna get to see some of these bands for under a hundred. So oh, yeah. It's, That's crazy. Yeah, ticket prices are insane. But I don't blame the bands. I blame like Ticketmaster and and uh, the other ones that actually sell some of those yeah. tickets. I can't think of what all they're called. Yeah, but they got to get their fee. You know, everybody's got to get their everybody's got to get their finger in it somehow. Yeah. But yeah, it's hurtful for us little people who don't have a ton of money to go go to these concerts. Oh, you know, yeah. we save up to go to them. Yeah, it's a big old plan. You know. You, Got to plan it out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you want to get a hotel room because you don't feel like driving the six hours back <laughs> or 18 hours. Flicker stick. Flicker stick. That was 18 hours to drive down <laughs> to Dallas, Texas. And worth it. Worth every every second of it. But, um, yeah, so sometimes, uh, sometimes you have to just uh, find a place to crash. Reminds me of the... Dave Grohl book. Have you ever have you ever uh you ever listened to or read his book The Storyteller? I have not. No. I'm going to tell you right now, man. If, if anybody out there that is an amazing book. I I actually got it on Audible and I've listened to it 3 times. It's wow. like like I don't know, like 12 hours or 14 hours or whatever. Mm. But it's Dave Grohl reading his book to you. Oh. And it's just absolutely amazing. And his story going, you know, growing up and being, uh, you know, in the punk scene growing up and, and touring and living off of ten, a $10 per diem, you know, a day, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just an amazing, you know, rite of passage, I guess, you know, to where he's is now. But you just come back to respect him even more for everything that he has done in his career and what he's had to deal with. And obviously this book is pre Taylor Hawkins death, but, uh, um, you know, he still dealt with the, uh, death of Kurt and all that stuff. And, you know, in this book and it gets a little emotional from time to time, but I mean, you, you wouldn't think so. You're reading a book and all of a sudden yeah. I'm like driving along, listening to this book and tears are streaming down my face. Oh. And I'm like, oh, God, Dave, I'm so sorry. <laughs> did it make you cry? <laughs> my, yes, my number two did make me cry. It did make me cry. I think those boys need a T-shirt that says my number two makes me cry. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Maybe just a giant poop emoji behind it. <laughs> With Colton's eyes and mouth, I, you know. <laughs> oh, but I digress. Anyway, yeah. If you get a chance, the storyteller, uh, Dave Grohl's book, he definitely should check it out, read it, or listen to it. Uh, listening to it makes it so much more enjoyable in my in my mind because it is Dave Grohl reading it on Audible. So do that, check it out. But it reminds me of him growing up and sleeping on floors, you know, in people's apartments and houses, you know, and and basically they in places, a couple of places they squatted in old buildings, you know, with other people and the punk scene. So it's interesting. That's now, what would I think you have of. been willing to do that? You know, you know, I, I've always said that's the one thing that I missed out on. I've done. I you know I've done some really really amazing things in my music career and my career is 
relatively small. I mean, I never left, you know, northern Indiana. But I've done some pretty great things, you know. I've met some I've met and opened up for some pretty great acts and uh you know, I've been friends with a lot of the local guys and you know, there's a lot of them that are you know, cheerleaders for other bands, you know. Uh, you know, I I can name several guys that have helped us out over the years to get gigs or to put us on shows and stuff like that. To where I got to meet, you know, Eric Brittingham from Cinderella. Uh, you know, the uh, bill, the booking guy there, you know, gave me the show because I called him up Massport and he knew he liked us. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've done some amazing things, but touring was one thing that I never did that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like I missed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Jeff Frazier, mm-hmm. um, they, they toured, uh, was it with uh, Point One O? I think was the name of their band at the time. Or it yeah. might have been... Um, what was the name of this other band? Oh, uh, I didn't know Point One Zero. Yeah, Soulfire, I think. Oh, okay. Was he in Soulfire? I don't remember, I but don't um, I can't remember. Uh, he said they went and toured for. They did a like a two week tour, and he told me he was like, "Jeremy, you would have loved it. It would have been. You would have just ate it up." Oh, I'm sure. And I'm like, man, now you're killing me because I'm not gonna go book a tour and go out on tour because mm-hmm. I just I don't have the I don't have the time. Yeah. See, what I would have loved to have done back in the 80s, you know, if, of course, I probably wouldn't have been old enough by the time I could have had a way out there to go to like L.A. and go to some of those famous rock clubs, you know. The Whiskey-A-Go-Go. The, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, yeah. the Cat House, yeah. you know, stuff like and see some of the bands before they made it playing there. Yeah. I, I've done... I, I, We've, I've stamped that in my book. I uh, was fortunate enough accidentally to open up for the band Pop Evil yeah. before they were famous. They were just right on that edge, and and uh, I met met them and, and played with them, and, and they were great. They were awesome. Um, the, I, I, like, I probably more people have heard this story than <laughs> care to, but, you know, after the, they were done, I sat at the bar – uh, and chatted up the bass player for like an hour after after their gig and super nice guy and just you know we just had a great time sitting there talking drinking beer and enjoying enjoying ourselves i don't know that he's actually even still with them anymore to be 100 percent honest but um i kind of looked into it and i don't think he is but mm-hmm. but meeting those guys before they're famous i think is uh yeah, is yeah. really cool to do so before they get egos, mm, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I've met some. I've met some bands that uh, have egos, you know, that are that are uh, in the mindset that they're way bigger than what they actually are, and and uh, you know, it's 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 sad when you're sitting with that much talent and they're just thinking about how they're going to be giant rock stars, and they want to get into the drinking game long before. Uh, Long before they're actually big rock stars, <laughs> it's like you're you're putting the cart before the horse, guys. Yeah. Slow down a little bit, but I mean, there's a lot of talent out there in the local scene. You should go check it out. Mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, the whiskey a go go would have been cool back in the mm-hmm. '80s when Motley and Poison and all those guys were blowing through there. But the Viper Room was that another one that was sure? I mean, I know that was. Uh... I can't remember who owned, who owned that. Johnny I, Depp owned that. I do not know. That's a good. That's a good thing to research and bring up on our next podcast. Yeah, yeah like cover me. <laughs> <that. laughs> 
CBGBs would have been one that I would have liked to went and checked out back in back in the days when yeah. you know when the punk scene and all that stuff was actually going on there. Um, you know, you hear stories of that place, and and you know, it wasn't as crazy as uh, as they thought they say it was. You know, would have been interesting. But the history that was on those walls, man. Oh. If you ever seen pictures of CBGBs, I have. I- not that I can remember. Oh man, you know all the people that have put the all the artists and bands that put their stickers up and signed those walls before they were ever famous. You know, was just is just yeah, mind blowing. A lot of bands went through there. That was out in New York though. That's not yeah, L.A. Yeah. No, I just I just remember thinking, you know, hearing about the band playing it like Whiskey a Go Go. And I'm thinking, okay, one night Motley Crue playing, and then Striper playing the next night, and I'm like, that's just like a total. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. How does that work out? But you know, Striper went on that uh, went on that uh, deal where you know they are not a Christian rock band; they're a rock band who plays Christian mm-hmm. music. Yeah. I remember exactly how he how he yeah. how he uh, said it, but. I mean, they were a metal band. I mean, they, oh, they, yeah. yeah, they still are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Oh yeah, they I, got they they they're good. Michael mm-hmm. Sw- Michael Sweet is still putting out amazing material. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that he's always working. He's working with George Lynch. Mm-hmm. We put out a couple albums with him, and then Striper albums, and then he'd go and work with this guy and that yeah. guy, and that guy's like super busy all yeah. the time. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I think they all are pretty much. I mean. I think Oz Fox. I think he plays for other people and has his own project. Right. Uh, uh, Robert Sweet, the drummer. I think he does his own project. Right. And I don't know who their basis is now. I know um, Tim Gaines left. I don't yeah, know it's. Uh, I can't apologize. Uh, it's the bass player. Or bass player that was in Firehouse. Oh, okay. I can't think of his name right off the top of my right, head, but right. I have a drumstick with his autograph on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is there anything you don't have back there? Um, a bathroom? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no bathroom in there. Uh, and there's no <laughs> prostitutes, so I don't I don't know. We, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, actually, I think the striper stuff is in the house on the wall somewhere. Yeah, so. There you go. You have to find it in there. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do a video tour. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like I said, I've done some amazing things. I've met some amazing people. Uh, and being able to do what what I did in those times. And I have no regrets except that I didn't get to tour. Didn't get to tour. I didn't get to tour. Yeah. And that's my own fault. I have nobody to blame but myself. So, Yeah, yeah I didn't. I've never got to meet any big-time rock stars. So. I mean, I met uh, the guitarist for Britney's Britney Fox. Oh, right on. I can say that. Uh, Michael Kelly Smith had an autograph. You know, I was on my jet, my jacket that I was wearing. Uh-huh. That's all I had at the time. And we ran into him at the backstage at a Poison Britney Fox concert. Well, not backstage. It was gated off. Uh-huh. But he was walking through with his girlfriend, and a bunch of us spotted him. So we all ran up there, and he pulled out his Sharpie, started signing. Nice. And my fucking mother washed the jacket. <laughs> oh. I have no words. I have no words for that. I was like, oh, my God. 
Uh, I guess, you know, at least it wasn't somebody like Eddie Van Halen uh, or somebody like that. Yeah, listen, know? listen, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, you, yeah. Uh, uh, I, our, our, our friend John Lyons has a knack for that. Uh, when, when Sweetwater used to do their gear fest all the time, he had a knack for finding people and he had, he's got autographs from all these favorite pe- famous people. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to go hang out with, but they would stay there for three days. Him and his wife, Patty would stay there for like three days. And I think they had a hotel room, but they uh-huh. would, you know, they were there from the moment the gates opened up to the moment they closed everything down. And, you know, he's a music connoisseur and you know very very intelligent well he's an intelligent guy period but uh you know in the music industry he knows a lot of uh really interesting facts and Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah for him to see somebody that you and me wouldn't recognize he's like oh well that's a such and such from this and i'm like Really? <laughs> if you say so, buddy, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, he played keyboard on the. <laughs> yeah, he played keyboard. Uh, he, well, he played second keyboard <laughs> on the uh, album that they only released in the UK in <laughs> in uh, 1976, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, John, <laughs> you're breaking my brain. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to John. Uh, yeah. If you ever get a chance to sit down with John Lyons and just have a conversation, or you can go back and listen to Golden Image Podcast. I don't remember what episode it was. He came into the studio. We sat down um, and just had a great interview with him. Actually, Golden Image Podcast, highest uh, ranking uh, show, probably because he just listens back to it over and over again. Um, yeah, I always give it, I always give his wife shit. I said, how, uh, cause when he was here, he talked about, uh, our smartphones and how, you know, he would never in the world ever own a smartphone, be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, they just take over this and that. Well, he got one here recently <laughs> and, uh, his wife says he's always on it, always doing something on that phone. I'm like, yep. The the future finally caught up with him. So, <laughs> if you see John blowing some shit about his smartphone, <laughs> all right, man. What do you got for me? What do I got for you? Eh, I'm gonna keep it kind of simple because I get be honest. I didn't really put a lot of thought into it this week. Oh man, yeah. are you not feeling the effort from Frankie Vegas this I, week? Uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm- <laughs> Sorry. He's phoning it in. I'm phoning it in. I've been thinking about it. So I didn't kind of keep it simple and kind right. of generic. Um, so what are we doing? The, the question, question of, of the pod, pod 80s, 80s edition. edition. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Just, he just swerved off the road. He's so pissed right now. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. I got him all flustered now. Okay. Going back to watching MTV back Uh, in the 80s. Yeah. What was your favorite music video when it came on? You cranked up the TV. Well, yeah, that's I think that's pretty easy for me. I think it was Europe's The Final Countdown. And when they did the full video, because, you know, they uh, sometimes they did some um, they did them with, you know, time constraints, you know, so they cut off a big chunk of the beginning of it. 
But I think that was probably one of my favorites. How about you? Okay. One of my favorite videos, and I don't know why, no reason. I just, I love the video. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, <laughs> I will always love you. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, actually, Poison, nothing but a good time. Right on. I, I just, I don't know what it is. I just love that video. You know, or anything by Michael Jackson, and pretty brilliant. You, you know? know, thinking back to those, I mean, you know, like uh, Billie Jean and uh, the Thriller, um, uh, uh, yeah, the Thriller video. Yeah. Um, trying to think, what was the other one that was really big on that album that came out? In like a, Beat It? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Beat It video. I mean, they went all out. Oh. And then, you know, going to the future, you know, some of the videos, you like Smooth Criminal. Mm, Good smooth God. Criminal. Yeah, these big, long 20-minute, yeah. you know, video documentaries yeah. with this song in it. Bad. Yeah. Black and white. I mean, they were all just... They were all huge videos. He yeah. didn't. He always put a ton of money and time yeah. into these things. I mean, you go back to Thriller, and you know, you watch it now. I don't think it had the same effect no. as it did then. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, back then, that was massive. That was huge. Yeah, you know, it's pretty generic now. I right. mean, really, by today's standards. But yes and no. I think that. Um, I think that there are very few music videos. Well, you don't really see a ton of music videos anymore unless you go on YouTube, go to Vivi and, you know, or Vivo and get on there. Yeah. Um, a lot of them anymore are just, you know, them stand there playing, you know. And mm-hmm. the, uh, when you said the Poison one, all I could think of was Talk Dirty Me when they were slide. They had the slides and stuff on the stage, and they slid down, and yeah, they did yeah. rollovers and all that stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, with Michael Jackson, this was a story video. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had a he had a theme through the whole thing. I mean, obviously, everybody in the world has seen the the Thriller video. Yeah, you know. Um, nowadays, it just seems like I don't really catch a lot of great storyline videos there's a couple of them uh uh co wetzel's got one uh it's an interesting one and, and i hate the twist on the end of it but i mean it's like he's in the zombie apocalypse and he saves the girl and you know that kind of stuff and you just don't I, there's not a ton of those videos out now that have yeah. this big storyline yeah I mean, I don't think they're not as big of a deal now. I don't think. Well, no, like I said, the only place you're going to see them is on YouTube. Yeah. And why? I why did MTV stop showing music videos? I don't know. It was music TV. Yeah, I don't. I I, I honestly believe that um, reality TV pro- probably killed yeah, the video. The maybe, video. but I even just. Because, you know, Survivor came out, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, you have, like, Road Rules. Yeah. And Road Rules became so popular that now we have Road Rules All-Stars or Road mm-hmm. Rules, you know, Eat Shit and Die. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know. It transformed into the challenge. Yes. And, you know, it just, yeah. But I just, I'm still saying, you're MTV. You're still calling yourself MTV. Mm-hmm. Okay? Change your name. Yeah. But what they, do you what do you do change have, it to? They do have at least I get it on my on Dish Network. It's MTV Classic, I believe. Okay. And they do show music videos. 
We uh, since we have uh, Directv, they have an actual music video cha- channel that Bobby listens to quite a oh, lot. Okay. We're still throwing on, and you can you know I know that Roku Roku actually has a channel on their TV that'll actually play oh. music videos. Yeah, and you can kind of pick your genre what you want to do. But you go back and watch some of those old videos, and you're like, wow, that was terrible. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, 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 never gonna give Funny. you up. <laughs> <laughs> or David Lee Roth, you know he he was a tool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but California girls, man, you can watch that video all day. Hot for teacher, I could watch that yeah. video all day. But um, yeah, yeah. do you think, remember the first video you ever seen, like on MPB? Oh God, no, no, yeah. I can't. I cannot. Remember. I do. Do you really? I do. Because I did. I didn't get to see it when it first came out. You know. I, I had to wait until my grandparents actually got one of those big satellite dishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the big yep. monster ones. And a side story to that is back then you had to go out and manually turn the damn thing. <laughs> Whenever you wanted to watch a different air thing, you had to go out and point it towards another thing. Right. Well, us little asshole grandkids would be like, okay, Grandma, we want to watch this. She'd gone out there to put a snow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, MTV, the first th- first video I ever seen was um, Lionel Richie. Um, oh, God, tell All me. night long. Oh, I thought he was going to go with hello. Hello. That was that, <laughs> that's a good that was a good video, hello. Yeah. But I don't all night long I remember seeing. Yeah. Um I that was one the very of, first one. One of the early ones was uh, uh Uptown Girl. I remember Uptown Girl cuz Christy Brinkley was in it. Yeah. I remember that distinctly, but And my second video, uh-huh. I remember that one too. Yes, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Really? Yeah. Have you went back and watched those lately? I not in a while. You got to YouTube them when you get home tonight and be like <laughs> Yeah, those are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could remember my first, the first video I saw. Um, my uncle had cable when he lived up in in one of the in, up in Bremen area and and lived in town and and so we'd go over there and that's where we would watch uh, MTV for the first time. But yeah. I don't remember what the first video was that I saw. No. No. Probably because I wasn't interested. I was waiting for. Poison or yeah, <laughs> something like something that. Like Come that, on, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see Lionel Richie. Yeah. Give me something else. Yeah. All right, my man. Are All we right. ready to get into our topic of the day? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been babbling. I've been babbling on for forever. Sorry, That's guys. Okay. I enjoy listening to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully our listeners do too, because I just talked to help a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The Parents Music Resource Center, better known as the PMRC, was formed in 1985 with the stated goals of increasing parental control over the access of children to music deemed to have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes by labeling albums with the parental advisory stickers. Formed by the quote-unquote Washington Wives, Tipper Gore was the wife of Vice President Al Gore. Susan Baker was the wife of Treasury Secretary James Baker. Uh, Pam Hauer, was, uh, her husband was a realtor named Raymond Hauer. And Sally Nevis was the wife of City Council Chairman John Nevis. 
PMRC eventually grew to include 22 participants before shutting down in the mid to late 90s. All right, Frankie, take it away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, I am totally against any kind of censorship because, it, well, it's wrong. I mean... I don't I that's the only way I can put it. I mean you're going against the constitutional right to play your music or write your book or, you know, do your comedy, you know, whatever. Right. You know, your thing is. And for somebody to come because they don't like it or they find it offensive, you know, to try to tell you, well, you gotta do this or you should do this or you shouldn't be allowed to do whatever it is you do at all. You know, and I'm sorry. That's not right. And, oh, I could go on a tangent, but I'm going to try not to. I mean, but, yeah, the PMRC, you know, it, it got to be a pretty big thing back in the 80s, in the, especially in the music industry. You know, they had, and, you know, you know, it's a pretty big thing, you know, when it goes, you know, to, before the Senate and you got Dee Snyder, John Denver, and oh, oh, Frank Zappa, all you know. And you put those three are actually taking a, you know a stand yep. together. That that, that got to mean something, you know, because they are three very different guys. Oh yeah, well, know, different musicians, you know. So let's we all know about d snyder because uh you know uh, it had to go with twisted sisters we're not going to take it and the music video um you know that was that was their aggressiveness towards towards twisted sister that was a big yeah. thing because it showed violence and stuff like that um what the fuck was John Denver doing in there? <laughs> um, I have it here. I have yeah. it here somewhere, and I, I'm looking for it. I do believe they uh, uh, didn't. They think that it was drug related. You know, uh, some of the music that he was putting out was uh, like, was uh, Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know that kind of ring true now. High, Colorado. <laughs> um, you know, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here against Frankie, and he's going to hate me for it. Uh, the PMRC was was attempting to put a logo on an album in order for parents to understand that the music that their children are buying does have some of this content in it. I don't think that they ever were able to or negotiate how the artist writes their music. And a lot of yeah. the, you know, and we'll get into this in a little bit, a lot of them actually deem lyrics towards the PMRC oh, and yeah. towards Tipper Gore. Uh, you know, a prime example of that was Warren's uh, Ode oh, to Tipper oh, Gore. To Tipper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I... I, I'm not against them labeling that as, hey, listen, this, you know, this might have this in it. And you should really, you know, pay attention to what your children are listening to. I am against them trying to shut it down and, and take the stuff off the shelves. And I think they, you know, uh, the Ozzy Osbourne 
uh, deal when you know they were talking about the 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 kids that committed suicide yeah, and they the they blamed Ozzy. Yeah, yeah, they blamed Ozzy for that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm really against that. You know, mm-hmm. you can't blame you can't blame a musician for the way that somebody takes a song or their mental capacity and dealing with their own problems and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you know, and that can be a whole nother podcast all in itself, but you know, I had to very carefully form my words. Um, but to me, the PMRC growing up was the devil. Oh yeah. And I agree with you there, but they never held any water in my book because all they did was make me go out and buy the albums that they didn't want me to listen to. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with them, you know, putting the explicit lyric yeah. sticker, anything like that, but I just... They were brutal in the 80s. Yeah. They were aggressive and, you know, uh, Miss Gore was was a major bitch when it came to that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like you said, that's her opinion of what that what that is. And that doesn't make her opinion right 100 percent that we should mm-hmm. all just fucking. Oh, well, Tipper said we're not supposed to listen to this. So fuck this. We're not listening to it. Yeah. You know, you make your choice. Do you want to listen to that? Do you feel comfortable listening to that? It's like watching porn. Do you feel comfortable watching porn? Then fucking watch porn. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with it. Hey, I enjoy porn. Hey, you know, your own. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to sit down and watch porn with my mom or with Frankie. That would be a little uncomfortable. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if you're not comfortable listening to that style of music, then don't listen to it. Well, yeah. But it has to be your own personal choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't. If you don't like it, don't listen. You know, that that's fine. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what I don't understand, and, and walk me through this. Did you read this? So the group was founded in 1985. Yeah. The group's formation was cemented with the financial help of Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Yeah. And Joseph Coors, the owner of Coors Beer. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I really do not understand. You know, I would think Mike Love, as a musician, you know, would not... Well, didn't didn't the, the Beach Boys take a big brunt of some of these hits on some of these songs that they did? Because don't I, I remember the Beach he, Boys having a couple songs that were, like, targeted as fucking... Songs that, you know, were inappropriate. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. You know, I mean, I couldn't tell you right off the top of my head, you know, what any of them were because I don't listen to a lot of Beach Boys. <laughs> You're not a Beach Boys guy? Yeah. I like, I, I like I, a couple I'm, of them. I'm sitting here and I can't even fucking think of one Beach Boys song right at the Kokomo. moment. Kokomo. Oh well, that doesn't from really the count. 80s. That that comes out later. I mean, the, I'm thinking Beach Boys like early seventies uh, and stuff like that. Surfing USA. Oh, see, there you go. I knew he'd come through for me. Help me, Ron. Listeners, Frankie Vegas is the man. <laughs> <laughs> help me, Ronda. Help, help me, Ronda. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I Can mean, you do the high part. Help no. me. <laughs> Help me, Rhonda, yeah. Get her out of my heart. <laughs> See, now everybody who's listening to this podcast is now fucking singing that song. 
they're pissed as hell at that us, That was too. the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if our Joseph Corn to try to get us back on track here. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The Corn beers, I don't, I, I don't know. I would imagine I, that Coors beer takes such a brunt because of the age of, you know, the 21. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the 21 and older to be able to drink alcohol. Uh, so they probably was like, hey, this is something good to get behind. Yeah. Maybe it'll make us look better. But back then, though, in 85, there were still states. They took, were 18. They 18. Yeah. And I know because I went there when I was <laughs> I went to those states. <laughs> Ohio. Oh, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> hey, didn't those two actually legalize marijuana, too? I know huh. Michigan did. I'm not sure about. I think Ohio did, but I could be wrong. The greatest states in them. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about moving to Michigan there, are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the Filthy 15. Yeah. Oh, my God. And number one. Do, do Wait, do we want to go 15, 15 and up? Do we want to do this call guy style and do it to 15 to 1? Yeah. Maybe we can throw in a couple honorable mentions. A couple honorable there. mentions, yeah. <laughs> and when we get to number two, we got to act that makes, makes you cry. cry. Yeah, yeah. Did, did number two make you cry? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Um, so let's go down. Let's go down. So 15 is Cindy Lauper's She-Bop. Which was sex and masturbation. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, it was all about masturbation. Well, it was uh, it was all undertoned with shebop, but it was all about masturbation, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that. Yeah, I'm not a big Cindy Lauper fan myself, but you know, hey, it was an all right song. I would think that her ties into the wrestling world would have made you a little more bigger a fan of Cindy Lauper. I I mean, I I appreciated her for what she was, but right like I said, I. About, you know, toward the middle part of the 80s to the later 80s, I was into... He was into metal. I was into metal. Yeah. So, you, you, weren't, you weren't singing Girls Just Want to Have Fun. No, not or anymore. True Colors. True Colors. Oh, True Colors. <laughs> <laughs> time after time. <laughs> Can you imagine now a young Frankie Vegas sitting on the edge of his bed, time after time playing on the radio, and a single tear coming down his eye? Time after time. <laughs> Sing along, Colton. Uh, Number 14, Venom, uh, the band Venom with Possessed, which was a lyrical content of Occult. Now, I have to admit, I don't know that I know that song. I I listened to it on the way here. (laughs) It is very creepy. Really? Yeah. I decided to try to listen to some of these that I hadn't hadn't heard. Right. I didn't listen to all of them yet, but I will. All right. Well, uh, on his way home tonight, he's going to listen to number 13, The Mary Jane Girls. And the song title was In My House. Yeah. And that was all about sex. Yep. So I'm assuming In Her House house is In Her House. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Undertone that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Oh, my. Coming in at number 12, Black Sabbath with Trashed. Which is about drug and alcohol use. Hey, uh, yeah. Tipper, Tipper, if you're listening to this, Ozzy Osbourne's entire career is about <laughs> drugs and alcohol abuse. Hello, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my thought exactly. I was like, Black Sabbath, what the hell do yeah. you expect? <laughs> Ozzy's whole, whole life was based on drugs and alcohol abuse. He didn't know anything else. No, he knew nothing else. <laughs> Number 11, Merciful Fate in the Coven, which was, you know, obviously an occult 
uh, yeah. reference. So I didn't listen to that one, so I don't know that one. I don't know much Merc- Merciful Fate, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of them. Right. I maybe I have, but I just don't remember. Mm, it's a good possibility. You come on and you'd be like, oh, I don't know this one, but okay, rock mm. on. <laughs> Number 10, Def Leppard, High and Dry, Saturday Night. Drug and alcohol use. Uh, yeah. I I mean, it's Def Leppard. Who cares? I mean, yeah. I mean that that's the type of music that they played. I mean, you would have to ban a whole album. I mean, well, it didn't to a degree. Did, I didn't mean. the Hysteria album take a big bump on some of this shit? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, all this drug and oh, come on, yeah. guys. We're talking about Def Leppard. This is the guys who had a room underneath their stage for them to go get blowjobs while the bass player was doing a solo or the drummer was doing a solo. Or didn't you have a stage like that? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, there was never a stage or a curtain. Or a hidden room. Uh, anyways, <laughs> coming in at number nine, it is your Frankie Vegas. <laughs> Frankie Bake is his favorite band, Wasp. Oh yeah, and it is Animal. Fuck you what? like a beast. Yeah, that that is a great song. Hey, what do you suppose they uh, tagged that one for? Um, could I'm it be not sure. sex, language, and violence? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. Mm. Uh, Good I, song. Yeah. I, I've only heard it, and it is—it was in the '80s when I heard it, so yeah. I, I, I can't I, remember. Did you did you like Wasp? I was all? not a I I was I was not and still am not a big Wasp fan. I you know I didn't really pay attention to them until I started doing my research and I listened to a little bit of them, and actually they're not bad. Blackie yeah. Lawless has got kind of an interesting way he does. Listen, man, you know he should never do a ballad, but you know, <laughs> which he does, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote a I wrote a song based off of uh, the Wasp ballad. What's the name of the ballad that they did? I can't, can you remember the name of it? He's gonna look it up real quick. Um, I can't remember which song I wrote. I think it was um, uh, uh, was it Serenity? I think it was Serenity that I wrote and uh, released with uh, Crankshaft Glory. That was kind of based on that. You know the idea of that song. But I cannot remember for the life of me what it was called. Um, miss you. There you go. Mm. All right. Yeah. So anyway, fuck you like a beast, yeah. wasp animal. Coming in number eight, and I'm sure this girl took on way, way many of uh, people who said that she was bucked up and needed to be go away. But Madonna and dress you up, which is all about sex. How do they figure? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what what the lyrics are? What dress you up in my love? Yeah, is that like I'm gonna wear you? I mean, uh, you're gonna wear I, me like a hat, or I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, but it's Madonna. I mean, that was kind of her whole. That was her vibe. Yeah, I mean, it come was on, a sexual like a virgin. Mm-hmm. Hey. For the very first time. <laughs> if if she would have been on it, she would have not used the word touched and used the word fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that for a minute. There you go. Coming in, number seven, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. Anymore. Anymore. And that was a violence thing, you know. <laughs> was it, though, really? 
Other than the video, maybe. Because, you know, it shows him pushing the guy down the steps, you right. know. But, I mean, the song. What are you going to do with your life? I want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic, man. You got to go watch that video. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of, I'm iffy on that one. Because I don't think the song itself, you know, I thought it was more about just. You know, it's about rebellion. It's about yeah. hey, listen, man, we're we're I'm fed up. Mean, we're done. You know, yeah, you know. we want to be. This is what we want to be. We don't want to. You know, is that a twisted sister pin on your uniform? <laughs> well, yeah, it's because that's that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, show my support for the bands that I love and and all that. So I don't know, man. You know, they'll take it the way they want to take it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was such a. Uh, uh, big personality so it kind of made him an easier target well yeah well and if like he said i was reading where you know he was saying about you know the songs and how people take them if you're looking for something in a song oh yeah you're gonna find it you know i mean and just like when they're playing the record backwards and you're saying oh do you hear him say you know oh holy satan yeah well, no, not until you told me that's what it said. And then now, okay, yeah, I hear that. You know? We have the same thing in the paranormal universe. It's like, what did that EVP say? It's like, go fuck your mother. It really it sounded like... <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, coming in at number six, it is ACDC. Let me put my love in you. Into you, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what sex. that means. <laughs> uh, I just I have feelings and they're full, and I'd like to put them in you. I love you. It's not about putting my penis in your vagina. It's about <laughs> giving my love and putting it into you. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, I don't. God, I don't know. Bless it. I was so close. <laughs> I don't think so. Number five, Motley Crue's Bastard for Violence and Language. Well, when you swear in the title of the song, yeah. you're probably putting a big target on your back. But um, listen, uh, listen, Tipper, if you're here, if you're with me, if you're listening to me right now. Uh, Tipper uh, passed away. Did she, did she really? Yeah. Oh, fuck me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> listen, Tipper, if you're listening to me, <laughs> I've been heaven. <laughs> When did she pass away? Now I feel like shit. I don't even. I I I probably knew that, and I fucking missed it. Uh, he's gonna look it up. Uh, but let me finish my bit. Yeah. Um, if if you tuned in and and took Motley Crue for bastard, you probably should have got him for uh, a cult on things like Shout at the Devil. Uh, <laughs> you know that whole entire album. Uh, I'm just saying, you knew what it was when you put it on the record player. You know, it's. Good old Motley Crue when they were the shit. So, uh, Frankie's looking it up. Oh, I guess I'm wrong. I swore she died. Phew. God, I thought I was a fucking hillbilly dickhead for not knowing. I guess, I guess no, not. you're the hillbilly dickhead yeah. for making me look I like a hillbilly. I had heard she had died. Yeah, what the hell do I know? Uh, yeah, Tipper's alive and well and living. Um, so, if you're listening, Tipper. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah listen this this podcast right here is going to rejuvenate the pmrc because she's gonna be so fucking pissed at us for uh going on and on about this coming in at number four vanity was strap on robbie robbie baby 
I never even heard the song. I've not heard it. Vanity, uh, you know, if you don't know Vanity, she yeah, was. I've heard uh, of her. Yeah. yeah, she was the. She was uh, in uh, Princess Purple Rain. That that wasn't Vanity, was it? Was I thought it was. No, that was the Apollonia. Apollonia Five. Or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I thought that she was in. Well, she had something to do with Prince. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was her that played Apollonia. Boy, yeah. We're going to look that shit up now, too. Ain't God damn, damn we it. suck as a fucking podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're just having fun, you know. Have fun with us, you know. You know you're enjoying this shit. We're making you laugh. He's looking it up right now. Uh, so, yeah, I have no idea what this song is. Strap on Robbie Baby. Uh, I got an idea what it's about. Uh, <laughs> strap on might be a dead giveaway. <laughs> I could be wrong. What if it's? What if she named her strap on Robbie, baby? Maybe because they're gonna rob you of your virginity. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you got for me, buddy? What do you got? I'm. I'm looking. He's still on. digging. He's still, still digging. Looking. We're gonna take a pause. It wants to give me the album. He's gonna. We're gonna take a pause right here. Hold on. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, Apollonia Cotero is her name. Oh, okay. Well, who was Vanity in uh, Prince World? I, I <laughs> probably somebody from Minnesota that he that helped. he has worked with. Yeah, would be my guess. <clears throat> All right. Coming in at number three, Judas Priest, "Eat Me Alive" for sex and violence. I haven't heard that one. I, you know, my problem is, is that uh, I mean, I, I probably have. But when I, I hear "Eat Me Alive," I think of fucking Limp Biscuit. Because they did a song called "Eat Me Alive." No, he'd probably been on the list if they were doing it mm. now. One hundred percent. All right, so uh, number two. It does is, it make you cry? It does. <laughs> number two, make you cry. Um, I don't think this song made me cry. Yeah, it made me other things. Especially <laughs> <laughs> if I was watching the music video. Because it is Sheena Easton's Sugar Walls. And, you know, it was all about sex. Yeah. Well, we know well, what the Sugar Walls Would you explain what Sugar Walls are? I'll let you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it, I think it's supposed to be the inside of a vagina. <laughs> I think that you are exactly right. Uh, if I was going to... Uh, um, guess what Sugar Walls was. That that that's where I would go with that. Maybe we ought to look that up in Urban Dictionary later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Do we have any honorable mentions? Can you think of any songs that probably should have been on this Filthy Fifteen instead of say um, High and Dry or uh, you know we're not going to take it. Uh, probably anything by Ozzy <laughs> at that time. <laughs> Uh, the whole Motley Crue album. Uh-huh. Um, yep, shout out the devil. There you go. No, yeah, I mean they. I, yeah, I mean there's probably a hundred songs I could probably just start rattling off. Right. You know, I mean anything particular sticking out to you? Not, not really. Not, not really. Um, number one would be would be my would be the one that if it yeah. wasn't on this list, I'd be like, why the fuck is this song not on the list? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh. Actually, the whole the whole album in general could have been on this list. 
Yes. From songs like, uh, you know, uh, When Doves Cry to um, I Would Die For You yeah. to uh, there was I can't and I'm not sure what the, what the girl was moaning in the song, you know. Um, uh, well, actually, I think it was Prince doing the moaning, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, even even the, you know, Let's Go Crazy, you know, sex, sex, you know. Oh, yeah. Anyways, Prince's. Yeah. Prince got the number one spot. Number one, live, you know, with a bullet. <laughs> it with Darlin' Nikki. Great song. A though. fucking amazing <laughs> song. We used to sing this song in the back of the bus on our way to band contests. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said shit to us about it. A new girl named Nikki, I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. You ever play it live? No. You should. No, I probably. Oh, I wonder if I can get away with that. Yeah, play it at your next. Men day. in a hotel, I'll be masturbating in a magazine. <laughs> um, I have played Purple Rain, yeah. and oh, that I that's one of those songs that I absolutely love love playing. I played with our uh, good friend Jeff Frazier, yeah. uh, back in the day. I think I have video proof of that somewhere, but. Yeah. Uh, that was an amazing a song, song to play to play live. Yeah, I've done it on karaoke. Right on. So, yeah, I love doing it. Yeah, it's great. But Darlin' Nikki, number one on the Filthy 15, <laughs> hot oh. five at five. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't a part of that song that shouldn't be censored uh, if you're into that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Oh, I love yeah. that it's, album. I mean, that whole oh, album yeah, is great. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Filthy fifteen, and those were the those are the songs that uh, uh, a list of fifteen songs of popular music at the time that they found most uh, objectionable. 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 Yeah, say that word three times fast. Objectionable. And then Willis mm-hmm. is known as a filthy fifteen. Yeah. There you go. Um, of course, uh, Frankie talked about the Senate hearing a little bit ago with D. D. Snyder, Frankie, Frank Zappa, John Denver. Uh, you know, with all the big hot shot law, uh, uh, senators in there listening to it. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go back and listen to it, man, it's um, absolutely amazing to see D. Snyder, who you, only you know him from dressing up to look like a woman and sing, you know, I want to rock and, uh, you know, we're not going to take it. Leader of the pack, you know, some of the great songs that they did. I mean, that's just a few. Uh, oh, yeah. They, what was it? Come Out and Play was one of my oh, favorite. Yeah. Um, but to, to see him set down and the intelligence of this man. Oh, yeah. And he really portrayed it in those Senate hearings. It's uh, it's very, uh, very heartwarming and very oh, yeah. touching. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he and like, I think when you look at D. Snyder, he had like the complete opposite of what he looks like. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a big time family man. Like yep. been married to the same woman for years. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, 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 it just it know. goes to show. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and very intelligent guy. Yeah. He's made a few movies that are pretty good. You know. Well, uh, uh, Rock of Ages is his baby. You know, yeah. it went from Broadway that he had yeah. on Broadway yeah. with it to to the to the uh, silver screen. Now, I know it wasn't uh, one of those movies that was like, you know, everybody just fell over themselves to. But, I mean, if you go back and watch it, it was pretty fucking good. 
<laughs> you know, I've not seen it. Seriously, I have not seen it. Oh I, my god, you I've have always a, wanted to. You I, have a list of shit you need to get done. I do. <laughs> I just, you know, you need to call Tipper up and tell her you're sorry that you told everybody she was dead. <laughs> yeah, I apologize, Tipper. I I would have sworn on my life that I had heard she had died of cancer. I would have swore I had heard that. I I uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, neither do I. Um. So yeah. Uh. I I did want to touch on this. I got to find it just to just to uh uh touch on it just a little bit. Okay. So in reaction. To the PMRC, we got a lot of little one-liners and songs and shit like that. Yeah. But I think one of the most, uh, one of the most memorable for me, and I, I meant it, I, I said it a little bit ago, was the bonus track on Warren's 1990s album "Cherry Pie," yeah. where it's titled "Ode to Tipper, Tipper Gore,", Gore. Yeah. and it was just nothing but clips of Janie Lane saying the word fuck <laughs> from all of his concerts. Yep. And it's just, they're all cut and pieced together. <laughs> Fucking get a blowjob. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Kid Rock released uh, Girl Sandwich for Breakfast. Uh, one of the song titles was Pimp of the Nation, where he states... Tipper Gore is my highest paid whore. <laughs> um, Sonic Youth, uh, 1990 album Goo included a cartoon of the captions uh, smash the PMRC. Uh, this one right here is my favorite. Cinderella referenced the PMRC in their song Shelter Me from the Heartbreak Station album with the lines... Tipper led the war against the record industry. She said she saw the devil on the MTV, which I think is probably the most catchy line in that whole entire song. She said she saw the devil on the MTV. That's a great song. Oh, man. What else we got, Frankie? Oh, we got all sorts of people just. Yeah, the Aerosmith, Aerosmith song, Fine, F-I-N-E. Which means fucked up, insecure, n- n- neurotic, and I can't remember the E. <laughs> I, I had it at one time. But in that song, he makes mention of Tipper, Tipper Gore with the line, even Tipper, even Tipper thinks I'm all right. <laughs> um, um, July 18th, 1993, Rage Against the Machine protests against the PMRC at Lollapalooza. By standing naked on stage with duct tape covering their mouths and the letters PMRC on their chests. <laughs> the band used their 14-minute performance time without pay, without playing any songs, and the only sound emitted were audio feedback of Tom and Tim's guitars. <laughs> I'll do the Eminem one just because uh, I like Eminem. So. All right. He made reference to this to um, white Amer- in uh, his song "White America," 
the opening selection of his 2002 album, The Eminem Show, and it referred to his mission as being to burn the flag and replace it with the parental advisory <laughs> sticker to spit liquor in the faces of democracy, of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Fuck you, Miss Cheney. Fuck you, Tipper Gore. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. Looks like uh, Suicidal Tendencies referred Tipper Gore in their song Lovely on the album Lights, Camera, Revolution. Tipper, baby, don't you remember me? I'm the kinder, gentler, and so happy. <laughs> oh, there was a band called Harry and the Potters. Yeah. Reference typical in the RMC in the title track of Baltimore Can't Stop the Rock. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, call that. Uh, yeah. They, <laughs> let's I call mean, that one. You know, and I, and I got to do say, though, I mean, Tipper, why she got so much hate over everybody else, I don't know. I felt kind of bad for her in a way. No, you didn't. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I, I don't think it was fair. I don't think it's fair for anybody to take full blame right. on something that they were part of a group. Right. Yeah, you she know. wasn't the only one to form it. There was, you know, I gave you the list of the other, yeah, the other three that were in were in over their heads. But uh, I think it was because she was she kind of took the the reins of being the forefront, and she, you know, uh, with her husband being the VP, and she was kind of the 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 mic piece, the mic piece for that. So yeah. she wasn't afraid to get up and and stand up there and and babble on about whatever it is she was. Uh, um, you know, worried about, but so I think that's kind of why she gets the hate because she was just kind of the uh, the yeah, leader, the leader right, of that group. Right. I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, she was kind of the face. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I see that. But other than that, I mean, like I said at the beginning, you know, in in the grand scheme of the PMRC, yes, growing up in the eighties, we fucking hated the PMRC, and you know, because they were trying to ban you know, what we thought they were trying to ban. I don't yeah. know that they ever really banned anything. They just stuck a sticker on there to let you well, know. Because that, they couldn't ban anything. Yeah. I, 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 not that they didn't try, I don't think. I think it was because really they couldn't. Yeah, they, you can't do anything with it. But yeah. And, you know, the other part of that was is they, they pointed blame at these musical artists for, yeah. you know, potentially, you know, causing children to harm themselves and stuff like that i mean let, let's be honest we all take music differently some of us you know are really sold uh, you know we buy into the whole music scene and and each song is played for us and this is what it means to us and yeah. and you know I'm going to take it differently than, than Brandon does or, or anybody or Bobby does or Colton yeah. does or Gunner does or, you know, the Skywalker does. Everybody's going to see a song differently. Mm -hmm. um, and it really goes back into how much you pay attention to it or whether you just enjoy yeah. the song. So oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just like, like you absolutely love Blink-182 or Flickerstick. Yeah. And, I did. And they're all right, yeah. but you know, I'm just not a big, huge fan. I'm right. not going to go shell out the money you've shelled out <laughs> to go <laughs> to see, see those two to guys. see those two bands. Yeah, yeah. 
But he is going to go see Brett Michaels. <laughs> yes, I am. And I paid twenty five dollars. I know, I know. You didn't come anywhere close to what I spent in the yeah. last year. But, Listen, you're gonna have to see a few more twenty five dollar concerts to catch up to me there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I paid last year I paid what, seventy bucks for Kid Rocks. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure I'm sure Kid Rock is amazing in concert. Oh, There's no doubt in my mind. Yes. I would love to go see him again. Uh, right I, on. That was just probably one of my, in my top five of concert, definitely. Actually, you know what? To be honest, I think my Flicker Stick tickets were only like 40 or 50 bucks. They weren't oh, overly that exactly. expensive. It was the fucking. The travel. Yeah, the travel, the hotel room, the, yeah. <laughs> the food, the gas. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where, that's where we ate a lot of it. At the end of it, you probably made more, you probably spent more money than they made. Uh, more likely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. But, but yeah. But. Let me ask you, Jeremy. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Has, uh, 80s edition. <laughs> 80s edition. Yeah. Um, did, had that sticker, you know, the explicit lyric sticker ever deterred you from buying an album or letting your kid buy an album? No. No. no, it never did me because I know that my kids were adult enough to listen to what they wanted to listen to. And more, more, most of the time they were stealing my shit off the shelves, the stuff that I listened to, you know, they had exactly. the sticker on it. Now, let me throw this out here real quick. So um, as I was, you know, graduating <laughs> high school, I was working for a place called Butterfly Records. And... M- a, a big chunk of my job was peddling cassettes and CDs. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I did. We had a secured area for the cassettes where you couldn't reach them. Yeah. And then back when the CDs came in the big cardboard, you know, thing, so you couldn't really steal them. So people would come in and buy cassettes, but, you know, I had to legally make sure that I wasn't selling a cassette to a minor that had that sticker on it. Oh, really? And let me tell you, man, that is one of the toughest things you've ever had to do is like, dude, I can't sell you this because you're not, you know, 18 and it's got a parental advisory sticker on it. I actually had one mother come in and fucking rip my ass about it. I'm like, listen, I'm only doing what I'm told to do. Yeah. I could give two flying fucks <laughs> what your daughter listens to. Yeah. You know, I, if if you're okay with it, I'm going to sell it to you right now, but I can't sell it to her because legally I'm not supposed to. Yeah. And I'm not going to get this record store in trouble because I sold it to a minor. Yeah, I've never had I've never had an issue buying one. I mean, nobody Hell, I went most, into most, I went into Butterfly Records and bought before I was eighteen and bought. Most yeah. people, most people didn't give two shits. They just sell whatever. I yeah. was just trying to be. No. I was trying to be. You know. Po- I don't know what even what the word is I'm looking for. I was trying to be proactive, I guess. You know, to make sure but, that I wasn't selling this to her. Yeah. And she take it no. home, and then the mom comes in and bitches at oh, me because I, I sold you. it. I get you. Yeah, I can, instead I the mom saying. comes in and bitches that I didn't sell it. I'm like, right. you can't fucking win. You know, it's just like you know, you think, you know, out of this whole thing with the PMRC, Walmart ended up they wouldn't even sell a CD with that yep. or a tape with that on. There. They had you know a musician had to go and make a different album, I mean, an edited version, an edited version yep. of the album, 
So he could sell it at Walmart. Now, see, for me, nothing pissed me off more than getting an edited edition CD. Now, I wouldn't buy an edited edition. Well, I accidentally bought a couple of them, and I'm like, this is just, and I throw them out because I don't want that. I want, me personally, I want it the way the artist wants to give it to me. Exactly. That's what my thought was. Yeah. I mean, this, that's not the product that he put out. Yeah. His product here is, yeah. you know. But you still have the same problem on the radio now. Yeah. You're not getting. The product that these people are putting out. That's true. That's true. Everything is still edited when it comes out on the radio. But, you know, I just, you know, I understand a parent, <laughs> if a parent's buying a young child because the child's not old enough to go into the record store or right. whatever and buy the album. Okay, I can see where that parent might say, oh, maybe not, you know. But if your kid's old enough to go into the store and buy their own. With their own money. With their own money. Yeah. And... They want to go buy Purple Rain. That's <laughs> on, all, that's on them, you uh, know. On vinyl. Because believe me, and I <laughs> and I hate to break this to parents, but the things you don't want them to hear on that CD, I guarantee you they're hearing it from their friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or they're telling them friends that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. not let's not put blinders on people. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, yeah. You, the, yeah. Your kids are not as all innocent as you I, might I've think. Unfortunately. They are have dealt with parents like that as an adult with my kids and when I was a kid that, oh, their kid does no wrong, you know, they're a sheltered, no, your child's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You need to take the blinders off. (laughs) Yep. I don't care what you think. Oh, yeah. We've had a few of those. We know a couple of those that they're, they're, yeah, the pedestal gets crumbled every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't like it. I'm telling you. (laughs) I never put my kids on a pedestal. Did I? I? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, eh, I got good kids. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, good, <laughs> I don't know of anything your kids ever did. Oh, <laughs> I hear the stories come later. So, yeah. you know, as an adult and as their adults, I hear stories. And believe me, apparently I had blinders on because some of that stuff I didn't know about. Some <laughs> of it I did know about, but yeah. not all of it. Yeah. I, I, I learned things. Yeah. Along the way, which I'm sure you you probably have oh, to. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I hear things. I'm too busy working, <laughs> trying to make sure that you have food and a roof, and and you're you're doing what? <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike. I, I, yeah. All right, man. Let's get on out of here. All right. <laughs> we can sit and talk about uh, talk about '80s music all day oh, long. I'm sure. sure that we're gonna um, get into. Well, we already did a Guns N' Roses. We have yeah. a we have a list of bands that we're going yeah. to to run over here on the Golden Eighties, plus more things like this with the PMRC. Hmm. Um, yeah, we need to pick our next uh, next couple. We need to get to. Yeah, have to we'll do that. Do. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Golden Jay babble endlessly on this episode. I apologize. <laughs> Don't apologize, man. But thank you for listening to the Golden 80s. We'd love to hear what you think of uh, think of the show so far. So send us an email at thegoldenimage80s at gmail.com. Or, uh, you know, you can go check us out on uh, the merch store at goldenmojoent.com. If you buy a shirt, you're sending us the love. There you go. Yeah. I'm mean, just going to go ahead and put your love into me. <laughs> <laughs> Put your love into me. Anyway, uh, 
Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, you know, all that stuff, man. It helps us out so much. Uh, you know, it puts us in the charts. It gets um, gets us listed a little bit higher where people can start seeing us. And, you know, if you enjoy it, then maybe somebody else might enjoy it. And, you know, we get more listens. And, uh, you know, that's what we want. We want to make right. the masses with our endless dribble of genius talking. Genius. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, rate, review. Give us uh, your opinions. Yep. We'll definitely take them. Uh, so if you like us, you might like something else in the Golden Mojo Empire, which include the Call Guys, Golden Image Podcast, the United States of Paranormal, Indiana Chiefs fans, Murd Nerds, and a Court of Books and Booze. We got a little bit of something for everybody. And to know more about all of those, go check out Golden Mojo ENT. They're all on the website with their little write-up and some really cool pictures. And, uh, yeah. All right, Frankie. Let's get on out of here. Let's get it. All right. Later. Later. See ya. (laughs) 